I Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Help I Suck at Dating. Dean is in studio with me. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with the intimacy expert. Her name is Elena Pratt. Alana. Elena. Alana. Alana Banana. Alana, you know what? It's so funny because we're Canadian. You're Canadian, right, Alana? Yes, I am. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah. So, like, usually Americans will say, like, Alana, and I started using, like, that intonation, whatever it's called. But I'm like, yeah, she's Canadian, so it's Alana. How are you? I know. I'm awesome. I remember when I interviewed Alanis Morissette, and I'm like, I used to say Alana Banana, but now I say, like, Alana, like Alanis oh, Morissette. Nice. Yeah. So it's great to be with you, too, beautiful, delicious people. Thank you oh, for thank calling you. in. Thank you for being part of the show with us today. I love it. I love it. And it's so great to talk about what sucks about dating and be, you know, vulnerable and transparent and and change some things for people out there. Absolutely. So you're an intimacy expert. Can you define what that means? Well, back, you know, I don't know if you ever saw that movie with Mike Myers, you know, into me, I see, you know, it's kind of made fun of, but really that's what it's about. Intimacy with self first. It's really easy to love our good parts, our shiny Mm -hmm. parts, our triumphant parts, but our wobbly parts, when we're ashamed and scared, it's really hard to love those parts. And what ends up happening is we try to cover up and pretend we're fine when we're not, and we overcompensate, but people see right through that. And because we're emotionally unavailable to ourselves, we're resisting ourselves, we're, we're shoving away a part of ourselves in a closet with a two-by-four saying, just shut the F up, right? Like, don't let anybody know you're scared. Um, that same emotional unavailability with self gets mirrored. And we start to attract emotionally unavailable people, yes. narcissists, ghosters, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I I had that um, that moment of realization. So, I mean, I spoke about this last episode. I was like casually dating someone, and it kind of fizzled out. And you know, my ego was like, "Well, why? Why did it fizzle out? Like, it was something that I did wrong." And then I started to, you know, like blame him and blame me. And then I went through mm-hmm. all those different stages and. And then I started realizing maybe deep down, mm. I'm not 100% ready for a committed relationship. And that is why I keep attracting these men wow. that aren't ready for that intimate, committed relationship. Yeah. You're, you're so wise. You know, when we are more interested in not getting hurt again, not being rejected, not feeling that pain, we might show up and go on a date. But really deep down, that inner uh, fear is going to sabotage ourselves. Right. And sabotage is such a word that I sometimes use when I'm dating someone. And I, I realize that sometimes I could spiral and I'll start overthinking and then I'll start doing things to get a reaction. Um, and, you know, I'm probably not the only person that does this, but, you know, I could sometimes send a text message and I'm like, why? And then I stop myself before se- pressing send. I'm like, why am I sending this message? If I'm sending it to get a reac- reaction from the person, I'm yeah. automatically going to get disappointed because I'm testing that person. They don't know they're being tested and they're going to they're going to fail yeah, at, yeah. at making me, you know, get the reaction that I want to get. So I guess my question is when someone goes this is a relationship podcast and, you know, I keep talking about getting my heart broken and stuff. So if someone oh. goes through um, a breakup or whatever, you know, the ending of a connection, let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are the steps to being um, to be being able to get back to that happy place again in order to attract the right people back into your life? It's a perfect question because a lot of people skip the step 
and they do what I call sprinkles on top of the ice cream cone of shit. And they just pretend they're fine and they get out there again, but they haven't done the inner work. And as you said, it sabotages them. So the first one is to like feel your feelings. And we aren't very good at that in society. We're very good at Facebook, antidepressants, etc. Mm-hmm. We're not very good at feeling feelings. We don't know what to do. It's overwhelming. It's intense. Like, how do you navigate that? So the first one is to get like a coach like me or, or a process where you can really sit in the fire. And I have this little sort of little you visualization. Like imagine little Dean is inside Dean's heart or little Vanessa is inside Vanessa's heart. And they are, they are hurt. They are, they're crushed. They're devastated. And isn't it true that, you know, in society, we, we often go and go, well, let's just have a good attitude and let's get out there again. And if, you know, have a positive attitude, but that's the sprinkles. And what really this little one inside wants is for us to go inside with the patience of eternity, just sit there and maybe have a shot of tequila and a bag of chips in the bath and just cry and just let it out. Not 80%, not even 90%, because that residual, what you resist persists and grows. So be willing to go to the core, the core, the core, and feel it out to the bottom. And once that's done, then I like to imagine, I'm so like visual, but whatever. So I like to sit in the throne, like Queen Vanessa and King Dean, and you sit in the throne, and you put in front of you a movie screen of, of attracting this person as if you chose that for your growth and evolution. No victims here, no blaming here, no blaming of self or other. Like I chose that mofo <laughs> Because it's to grow my forgiveness, me speaking my truth, me being willing to say thank you, but no thank you, Mm -hmm. me knowing my worth. You know, I'm more than my looks. I'm more than my Facebook likes. I'm more than this. You know, do I really have a worth beyond my title, my identity? Maybe that's what the gift was. So, So first feel your feelings, then sit in your throne. And there's one other little step in there that I think is important as well. If we have anger... It's not good to go murder people. <laughs> it's not good to send like threatening texts or etc. But that's an energy. I'm a, I'm a nerd. I interview like, you know, celebrities, but I also interview like quantum physicists as well. And I really want to understand what's going on inside the body mm-hmm. when we're, we're poisoned with this toxic anger. We got to get rid of it. So I have this very politically incorrect process called the theater of redemption. And I dress up as this dominatrix and I go with my clients and we just... You know, and it's all in context, and don't worry, I'm not an evil person. But we, we, we mutilate the, the identity that hurt, not the soul of the person, mm-hmm. not the heart of the person, but just the, the, the identity that was a meaning. Mm-hmm. We just mutilate that person, and we get it out of the body so it doesn't reside inside. Because I lost my mom at, what, she was 61 of cancer, and I swear mm. it's because she just didn't get rid of that toxic anger from all those years. And she taught me, honey, get rid of this. You know, it's not healthy. I agree. Um, Before we jump into our next segment, I do want to talk about one thing, and that's the Amazon Fire TV. Holiday seasons are coming upon us, and obviously part of that means that you need to be getting gifts for your loved ones, for your friends, for your family members, whoever it is. And why not give them the gift of endless entertainment? And through the Amazon Fire TV, you can get that for them. I personally have one, and it's my favorite thing that I own, and I'm not even joking. Because it allows me to stay home and watch Netflix endlessly. <laughs> what do you like to watch on I, Netflix? I just finished The Good Place. Oh, awesome. Um, I, like I said, hours of entertainment that you can enjoy through the Amazon Fire TV, whether it's through the tens of thousands of channels that they offer, the apps, the Alexa skills. 
Amazon Fire TV brings all live TV and streaming content you love to the biggest screen in your home. That's another reason to love it as well as a lot of times you'll find yourself watching TV on your phone or on your tablet, whatever it might be. And the screens are not the best. Obviously, they're portable, but it's not like watching it on a living room TV. And Amazon Fire TV allows you to have access to all of those things while sitting in the most comfortable room in your house and watching it on the biggest screen in your house. You have things like Netflix, Prime Video, Hulu, YouTube, all of those things and more. One of the things I love about Amazon Fire TV is um, I'm a big Alexa fan. Mm. Uh, I have a lot of Alexa-enabled devices in my home. And uh, I love that I can just, like, ultimate laziness. Like, I always thought sitting on the couch and channel surfing is like the laziest thing possible. I don't even have to lift my arms. I just sit there. I talk to Alexa. And I, I ask it to play open YouTube. And it just, and on the Fire TV, it just opens up YouTube. And um, all my... <laughs> what I like to watch, I like to watch supercuts of all the Transformers transforming from the movies. I don't like to watch the parts in between in the movies. I just want to see them transform from cars into robots. And I ask Alexa to open up YouTube. It's already recommended because I watch so many of those videos. And I can just pull them right up. Sometimes the Amazon um, YouTube things, YouTube recommendations embarrass me. Because <laughs> I'll like watch like... <laughs> Uh, video game footage of like StarCraft 2 like sickest Terran macro versus the Zerg and then my and then my roommates will like get on the Amazon Fire TV later on in the day and they'll be like why is there a bunch of nerdy video game recommendations for this game that looks like the nerdiest thing in the world and I like like I just like like shudder in the corner uh, it wasn't me it wasn't me it wasn't, but they obviously know that it was me anyways that's what's great about the Amazon Fire TV is because you can pull up full-length YouTube videos on your television. You don't have to watch them on your computer. You don't have to watch them on your phone anymore. You can watch them right there on the biggest TV in your house. And all you have to do is ask Alexa to do it. Alexa, Google Transformers Transforming. Boom. You're watching Transformers Transforming on the biggest TV in your house. You have the iHeartRadio app, of course. You can be listening to this podcast through your Amazon Fire TV. If you're awesome. doing that right now, that's incredible. If you're doing that right now, send us a DM and tell us about it. That's great. You can watch... Like I said before, YouTube, Netflix, Hulu. Fire TV is the perfect gift for the entertainment fan in your life for this holiday season. And let's be honest, who's not an entertainment fan? Everyone loves to go to the movies, watch TV, watch YouTube videos, watch Transformers Transform, watch StarCraft videos, all that stuff. We all love it. So it's the perfect gift for literally anyone that you know. And they would love to have it. So if you go to Amazon.com slash podcast, you can learn... How to buy an Amazon Fire TV for yourself, for your family, for your friends. Maybe you have a boyfriend that you want to, to buy to impress. Maybe you have a girlfriend. Maybe you have both. Maybe you just want to buy Amazon Fire TVs and hand them out on the street to random people. Those are all great ideas. Go to Amazon.com slash podcast and check out the Amazon Fire TV. Promise you won't regret it. You will have like I said before, limitless entertainment at your fingertips, at the at, at the tip of your tongue, because all you have to do is talk to Alexa. So, Amazon.com slash podcast. Be sure to check it out. Be the hero of this holiday season. Surprise your friends with the greatest gift of all. Check it out. I think that, you know, sometimes it's all a matter of, like, ego and your emotions. And um, once and we had these conversations with Dean, Jared, and I, and I say it's a lot easier, you know, to be the person that, well, actually, I don't know anymore. So if you're being the one that's being broken up with, you have all these unsolved questions, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you want to know why, why, why. But in some cases, you'll never get the answer to why. And you have to give yourself your own closure. And mm -hmm. being able to give yourself that closure is hard. Um, and you mm -hmm. want to reach out to that person. 
um, and you want your answers. Um, but actually, I just posted on my Instagram a quote, and it says, any relationship you have that could get ruined by having a conversation about your feelings, your standards, and or expectations wasn't really stable enough to begin with. And it's so true. Mm, mm. You know, it's really great that you're bringing this up for both of you. And maybe we can do like a little exercise here for a couple minutes for each of you. One of the reasons I'm such a successful coach is I don't judge. I unconditionally love. I don't fix. And I'm this really deep space to get people and make them feel safe, seen, and understood. That's rare. Most of us, when we share our feelings to somebody, they have a rebuttal or a justification or they give a reason or they're not even listening or they, you know, and and thus it spins in our head. Communication is a two-way process. A lot of people don't know this. They think it's just talk. No, that's only half of it. Unless it's received by another with no judgment, it stays spinning in our mind for decades and decades and it makes us crazy. But as soon as you're received and not agreed with, but just understood, mm-hmm. it dissolves into nothing. And so I'll be your ex right now, if you want to play. Um, and so just start talking to me, and I'm going to receive you just so you can get it out of your system. And if, Dean, you want to play too, we can just get it out of your system. I'll just receive because it. In- I'll receive Vanessa doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to Are play. you not a giver? <laughs> I'm more of a listener than I am a talker. Um. Well, what do you want to what do you want to say? Just like just totally hundred percent. Just get it. Just be honest. Be honest breath. with yourself. Be honest with all I, of us. I don't think there's anything specific that I want to say. It was, I mean, oh, okay, right, okay. I think what I would want to say, I value respect um, mm. a lot, and respect in the sense that um, respect for me is like communicating and being honest and. Um, valuing a person's time so i guess for me it would be why did you know it take a week or whatever i don't remember how long it was to communicate your feelings when all along like the entire time we were casually dating we were very upfront and honest about where we were and what we wanted and um the minute I guess doubt crept into his head. It took him a while to be able to put it into words. And instead of being like, Hey, you know, I need a minute to just like sit with my thoughts and figure this out. It was like, let me ignore you for a couple of days. And Mm. then I started to start to started to think I did something wrong. And then I started to reevaluate the things that I was doing and then right. doubt started creeping up in my head. And I'm like, oh, there's what did I do? I started I started dissecting um, things that I was saying and doing. And uh, but then deep yeah. down, you know, that that time alone made me realize, like, yeah, I I know I don't want to be with this person. Mm. OK, so so can I give you feedback? Yeah. OK, so uh, for like about a, like 10 seconds or 15 seconds, you were actually talking right to him. But then you started talking about him mm-hmm. in third person and then you went up into your mind and then you started analyzing everything. This is the, the Achilles heel of me, everybody. This is what I've learned. When we start to go up in our brain, it just keeps spinning. But if you could actually like direct it to me as if I'm him in a way that makes it land and in not only and not only say the why but let them know how it makes you feel and like fully like blah, the whole thing it'll actually stop spinning all the questions will stop spinning yeah. i promise so take two go <laughs> ready go well this is so Here this is 
I feel like the last, so I, I, I don't feel like there's any form of emotion. I'm very neutral about this situation right now. So there's no, I woke up this morning like, ugh, like, okay, I don't feel anything. And I, I guess it's because it's been, you know, it's been a while since this, this uh, term ended or whatever you want to say. Um, so there's nothing that I personally need to get out. I don't know if Dean needs to get the, anything. The chapter's out. closed for you. Is what <laughs> yeah, you're the chapter is definitely closed. And the thing is, I knew I didn't want to see. I didn't see myself with him um, long term. My, I knew my ego got in the way mm. of of me being like, all right, well, we're both on the same page. Let's move on. So, so my only my only coaching would be, and maybe do this with a shot of tequila and a bag of chips in the bath or something like that. But but I I encourage you to consider there could be a little anger, maybe not sadness, maybe sadness. But this idea, if somebody doesn't respect you, right? Like there's a fury around that. There's a our, how dare you? So my coaching would be do like five or ten how dare you? Just speak it out. Just speak it out. Just to like 100% be sure that nothing's left in there. And then for bonus points, where did you disrespect yourself in the process? Where did you not Mm -hmm. respect your truth? Where did you not honor a red flag? Where did you something like that? So does that bring up? Okay. The beginning. (laughs) Okay. So so what did you learn about where you didn't respect yourself? Because he's just a mirror. Right. On a physics level, nobody's even out there. It's all light. Really. Mm. Like. You know, so he's you. Isn't that gross? But yeah. Oh. I mean, he's not a, not the most attractive. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I think I. Yeah, you and there is still some fury in there, that little comment. So this right, is good. right, right. No, no, I was just kidding. No, he's very attractive. Um, so I you think. think you're no i'm trying not to insult him i don't think i don't think anything badly about this person i think we both knew where we where we wanted to take things i think for me where i disrespected myself or actually i knew there were red flags from the beginning but i tend to give people a a second chance i'm like you know what i i I think the first few times you interact with someone they're i call it the audition process where they're not truly authentically themselves and mm-hmm. I want to be able to give them a chance to really show, uh, give them a chance to be, you know, for them to be who they are. Um, so I'm like, okay, maybe the red flags are there because he wasn't really himself. I've started the doing the opposite of that. I've started, whenever I meet someone, setting the bar intentionally very, very low for myself. Mm-hmm. That way later on, there's only room for improvement. <laughs> for yourself or for, for the myself, person you're like, dating? Like I will, I will talk more crap about myself than anything else. And that really? way... Anything but positive that I do is always like, uh, like, oh, look at that. But you do that to the person you're dating? To the, if I'm going on dates, I'm just like unabashedly honest about all of my shortcomings. Really? Yes. See, I feel like if a female does that, a guy's like, oh, like I don't want to deal with all these issues or she's too insecure. He, well, yeah. in all transparency, I had it took a long time for me to get all of this straight. Like I've had two divorces, a crazy custody battle. So. I, I'm not saying like I'm some perfect guru, but what I do know is that when we give people a second chance from our mind, like it's the right thing to do, we often don't listen to our intuition and instincts. Mm-hmm. And the more we can balance the wisdom of our body of that, uh-huh, uh-huh, and not over rely on our mind, which is often connected to fear, hesitancy, doing it right, looking good, blah, 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 blah. We make better decisions. Um, so how does that resonate? Yeah. Yeah. 
I do have one. I have one counter argument that you made earlier. I think you were saying something along the lines of, "Love yourself first. Love yourself for your flaws and stop trying to hide them and overcompensate." I, to counter that, I actually I wrote something up about this the other day because I believe so passionately about it. I think that, I think that self-loathing is the vehicle that drives us to self-improvement, right? And so if you sit back and you're like, "I accept all of these flaws that I have and they're I'm perfect because of them," that doesn't necessarily make you strive to better those flaws. You know what I mean? And so if you're, constantly, I, if you're constantly down on yourself for these specific things, you're like, I'm going to set out to improve these things about myself. But some things, like let's say, I don't know, there's some things that like I wish I had, you know, like a bigger butt, let's say. So go to the gym and do some I know, squats. but there's like my butt can only grow as big as it gets. So I'm going to have to appreciate a- my butt for what it is. It's like, okay, well, this is the butt that I was blessed with. One thing you want to understand about science and energy is what you resist persists. Anything you push against, you put energy into. So by, by loathing a part of you, you can motivate yourself from fear, but it's a whole different thing to be inspired by your creativity and your love. And yeah, a lot of people can get results by hating the shit out of themselves, but at the end of the day, that is still keeping all of that um, self-hatred alive and it's going to bite you in the ass and you're going to attract somebody that's going to judge you as harshly as you're judging yourself. I'm not saying sit in your ass and do nothing. I'm asking you to check into the motivation. What if you're just present, not loathing yourself, not saying your flaws are fine. Making friends with your flaws doesn't mean you don't need to do anything about it, but it means you're stopping the resistance and you're actually being centered, grounded, present, aware, discerning mother badass. That's who I am. That's what I'm creating. And that's where I'm going. Totally different than cruelty and, and loathing and unkindness. Because if you do that on the inside, I, I guarantee you, you're going to attract a partner that's going to do it to you eventually. And I don't know your relationship path, Dean, but if women have not honored you, respected you, been the wind in your wings, up and, and for you, it's only because that's inside what's going on within you. Does that resonate at all? A little bit. Yeah. I think, well, I think just inherently I'm an incredibly sarcastic person and I tend to, tend to attract the people that are equally as sarcastic back to me. And I think with that, you get like a lot of like joking jabs, which, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes there's a little bit of truth in those, I guess. Truth, yeah. I don't know. I feel like, um, uh, you know, when your room, for me, if my room is a disaster, that's how my, my brain is feeling. It's a reflection. Yeah. It's a reflection of how I'm feeling internally. And sometimes mm-hmm. I, I try to um, ask myself, okay, well, if I'm attracted to this person or if I'm saying yes to go on a date with this specific person, why am I doing it? I want to know the whys behind it. Am I doing yeah. it for validation? Am I doing it? Yeah, um, great question. Yeah, so I'm at that 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 point right now where um, I'm actually very happy being alone, and uh, I I want to be able to focus and re refocus my energy on the things that matter the most to me, and then the rest will fall into place. I I compare it to um, when you're looking for a specific purple dress with yellow polka dots, and you go shopping, mm. you're not gonna find it. Because mm. you're, you're constantly like, that's all you're looking for. And you're ignoring everything else that's in the store. And then mm. that one day you're going to go shopping. You're like, oh, my God, it was like right on that rack. How did I not see it? So mm. I'm, I'm, I'm applying that to my dating life right now where I'm going to just go with the flow. And the right person will come along when the timing is right. Mm. 
I, I like that. When I met Lawrence Henderson, you guys are so young, so you know the Brady Bunch? Of course. <laughs> She said that the most important thing she wants to teach women, um, but I think it applies for men as well, is to fall madly in love with being alone. Mm-hmm. And and that means you're not going out there to get attention or get approval or fill some void within you with a relationship. And so, like before, I said you're present. You can choose. You're in your best state aligned with your creativity, your intuition, the divine, however you like to believe that. And that, to me, is your most sexy, attractive self is when you don't need anything. Um, so I, I completely love that. And, um, I do, I do appreciate the, the wisdom, the wit, and the brilliance of people that are sarcastic. I think they tend to have higher intelligence than most people to make those kind of witty jokes and stuff. But I think they undervalue the, the, their vulnerability, like their true, Mm -hmm. um, true vulnerability, true transparency, and they make, they kind of fluff it off with some jokes Mm -hmm. because at the core of the core of the core, I I don't think they're as balanced with emotional intelligence as intellectual intelligence. And, And sarcasm ultimately has this little digging edge. And my experience, at least with my clients, they can still be funny as they can still be brilliant and witty, but when that little edge goes away and something inside balances into this equilibrium, the relationship that they attract next is extraordinary and healthy and rich and intimate. And before then, it was always just a little bit of, an, of a block of a, to that person, a little bit of an edge, um, which is, if, if you're interested in all of that really deep, incredible lovemaking and divine intimate communion of being with your best friend, we want to put down every last one of our walls and let them in all the way. It's not possible if we're not in all the way to ourselves. So I have a question. You said you went through a divorce. You were divorced twice? Two, yeah, two divorces, yeah. Okay, and are you married now? No, I'm in a wonderful relationship. No, I'm not married, yeah. yeah, you're in a wonderful relationship. So people keep telling me, Vanessa, stop worrying. When you know, you know. Mm. Does that apply? Because I'm like, well, how come I've never known? Like, is it because none of these guys I've ever dated were the right ones for me? Well, you guys are in your late twenties. I'm in my late. 40s, I love you. So I'm in my. I'm in my early thirties. And I'm in my mid. Okay, well, in my mid twenties. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Well, now that we're all now that we're all clear, <laughs> I married my first husband. He was a tall, dark, and handsome multimillionaire, and I was an insecure little girl looking for daddy's love. Mm-hmm. That's really what it was. Mm-hmm. And I was a model in Japan, and and he was this, you know, Wall Street broker, and he, I was all googly-eyed, right? Um, but I really wanted him to save me, and what I needed to do was save myself and love myself. So that ended. And the second one was when my mom, as I mentioned, was dying, and I just didn't have the courage to face the pain of losing her. So I just wanted another relationship, and let's have a baby so I don't have to feel this pain. Let's just move on. So it was kind of very masculine and controlling. And obviously that one didn't work, and it went into a 10-year uh, custody battle where I lost everything that my um, ego appreciated. I lost my house. I lost my savings. I went into all this debt, and I even lost some custody. Um, and it was humiliating. Um, but it was the best thing for me because my ego was still running the show. I was still trying to look good, do it right, win. I was still striving. I wasn't at peace in the moment. I wasn't at peace in my body. I wasn't at peace with the divine. I wasn't at peace anywhere. And so with this inner work, and I call it like coming home to yourself, I I have this relationship where I hope you guys like me. It would be cool if you did, but at the end of the day, I don't give a Mm -hmm. And I used to really, really care so bad. Um, And that inner, I'm enough. I'm not perfect 
at all, but I'm enough. That attracted this depth of relationship with this man where I can open my heart all the way. Like my best friend died when I was 16 and I shot my heart and I thought, you know, I'm never going to be shocked like that again. And when I looked in his eyes, I I could open all the way. I'm like, it's okay if you die first. It's okay if I die first. I'm not going to close my heart again. And I know it's because of the inner work that I've done with this intimacy that I'm talking about, where even if I'm rejected, like he dies, even if he leaves me, I know I'm okay. And it seems to attract really rich, ideal matches. Mm. I don't believe in like one soulmate. I think there's like probably quite a few people that would be an ideal match. I believe that too. You'll be able to attract someone that's for you. And this is another thing I want you guys to get. You probably get this, but if you don't, or the listeners don't, I used to think we only want a partner that's all good and for us and everything's a contribution. And and we, you know, if if there's something about them that doesn't work, well, then they must not be the one. Here's the deal. We all have a purpose. We all have a mission, vision, purpose, right? Our partner will equally challenge and support us for our mission and vision. That's how you know it's an ideal person for you. No one is perfect. No one is going to not challenge you. But do they challenge you in a way that brings out the best in you or the worst in you? Do you want somebody that challenges you to be more of who you are, not undermines you and pulls you down? Does that make sense? Well, so so you say that every person has multiple people out there for them. What are your thoughts on polyamory then? Because this is something that I've talked to Vanessa and Jared about maybe in brief before. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, like, what are the thoughts? Because it's like pretty widely accepted as taboo in a sense. Well, if you if you if we get to know each other over time and you read anything that I do, I have like no judgment. I have clients that are all sorts of different, you know, desires for sexuality or same sex partners, etc. I'm all about getting somebody to their truth. And not everybody's wired the same. Some people are wired more for monogamy. Some people are wired yep. more for monog- polyamory. Some people are wired more for same sex. Everybody's wired for something different. It's not about what's the right or wrong, good or bad. It's what's like true for you. And are you willing to be brave enough to live it? Hmm. That's more uh, what I would say. So, so if you are interested in many partners, then be authentic. Tell the truth. Don't lead people on. Um, but be who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, app, oh, yes. I want to highlight that. Be authentic and be honest about it. So I want to ask Dean this. Oh, boy. Um, were you into monogamy before moving out to Los Angeles? Well, you're saying I'm not into monogamy now? Well, no. We have this. this I posted something last time, and you're like, oh, mono- we're not supposed to be monogamous <laughs> beings. And it's I was unnatural. Like, yeah, well... <laughs> So was it something that are you now aware of that, of how you feel because of being in Los Angeles? Because I tried dating out here and and a lot of people that I I was interested in did not believe in uh, monogamy. Mm. I don't think it's the the proximity of being in Los Angeles that has made me question things. It's just I think it was my therapist that told me this is, you know, I've been in many unsuccessful monogamous relationships and Mm -hmm. she goes well why don't you try other types of relationships suggesting like polyamory as one of them i'm like well that's weird to me but the only reason i think it's weird is because society is making me think it's weird right but it's like you remove uh the marriage and religious and Mm -hmm. practical aspect of being in a relationship and it's like well what do you have you have a lot of polyamorous people Mm -hmm. or you know you look back i we i we watched that netflix show Mm -hmm. um explained or whatever it is on that on monogamy Mm -hmm. and it's like you look at bonobos or or chimpanzees which are like the closest relatives of humans and how they are all polyamorous um and how it just is very natural for them and it's just like yeah well 
now the only reason that we are monogamous is because marriage tells us to be that way, religion tells us to be that way, or just a society, even if mm-hmm. you're neither religious or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think it's a combination of both. And um, Alana, you mentioned this too. If you're wired to want to be monogamous, then everything else doesn't make sense. Like for me, I, I believe in monogamy, strongly believe in monogamy. I, I don't know if it's my upbringing or if it's my traditional family um, or it's just the way that I am wired. But I, yeah, yeah I've, I've thought well, about it. I'm like, even the idea of a threesome for me. Uh, I can do yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised you've never had a threesome. I'm way too like sexually repressed. I'm, I'm, really? I'm very prude when it comes to sex. Okay, this is, that's your homework until I talk to you again. Have a threesome? Go. <laughs> Sounds pretty exciting. Wait, me, you, and who, who should we invite, Dean? Uh, well, Mark and Easton are both spoken for. <laughs> Sorry, I'm very busy. <laughs> I'm busy that weekend. That weekend's really bad for me. Yeah. Well, there's something about what we repress, what we resist. It grows. And so even if just in your mind's eye, and you don't actually do it physically, I still challenge you to do it. Um, I also challenge you to read Sex at Dawn, if you haven't already, because it explores more about this idea of polyamory or monogamy. Um, whatever you resist will persist. So I say go there in your fantasy mm-hmm. so that you can get rid of any taboos of yourself so you can get closer to what's true for you. And remember, there's always going to be equal support and challenge with any relationship, monogamous or polyamorous. There's no, you know, green card, there's no hall path here. You're not going to get out of life without challenge or pain. So, like, lean in and, and face it and choose something that really works for you. And, and one of the things I would give any of the listeners that are in a relationship, I always say to my boyfriend, like, I will never, cho- I never uh, change you, and I will always be the woman that you would leave me for. And I, I challenge you to be the man I would leave you for. Mm-hmm. So I'm choosing on round three here not to get married again because I don't think the institution is terribly supportive. But mm-hmm. I love being in a monogamous relationship where we challenge each other to, one, be the person that we would leave each other for and to challenge them to be their best self and not have any control. And they're not a possession. Whatever we try to possess, we push away faster than anything. So I don't possess him, and I'm not his possession. We choose to be together, and it's hot. Um, and the minute we start to think each other is the source of our worthiness or our, our happiness, we're screwed. I do want to talk to you guys about a couple things. And one of those things is StoryWorth, which is a company that I just learned about. Easton just learned about it as well. Vanessa, I don't know if you've heard about it or not, but what StoryWorth is is a fun and easy way for you and your loved ones to share their stories with weekly emailed story prompts and questions you've never really thought to ask. And so the reason that I love StoryWorth so much is because my family is really weird and we've done a lot of weird things separately in our lives. And whenever we come together, which isn't very often, we'll share those weird stories, those weird, ridiculous stories. But what StoryWorth allows is you don't have to always be together in order to fully understand what's happening in your sibling's life. Of course, you know, you're having phone calls and texting them throughout the, the weeks, the months, whatever it is. But there are so there's like some distinct stories that I just think are worth like sharing with with your siblings and, and having a keepsake and having it around forever. Like my brother, for instance, my my second oldest brother, who I talk to maybe like once every six months. I love him to death. He's just like an off the grid kind of guy. Um, that's just how he prefers it. And, and whenever we get together, he'll like tell me a story of how over the past six months he was like camping in the in the um mountains of Yellowstone and he was like encountered a, a family of grizzly bears 
and how he had to like outrun them and they were chasing him and he like oh my God. ran up a tree and then they obviously can climb trees so they climb the tree. I swear this is a real story. He said he was running and then the bears like ran to his camp to try and eat some of his food and like he like slapped a bear on the butt and I don't know if I believe that he slapped the bear on the butt but the fact is it's a, it's a hilarious story that now thanks to StoryWorth we can have that memorialized forever along with a lot of the other ones too like Obviously, a lot of the stories that I share are kind of ridiculous, and I don't necessarily see the point in keeping them. But what's great is my siblings will be able to refer back to them long after I'm dead, which is probably going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, and that's what you can do, too. So so what StoryWorth does is, or, or what you can do with StoryWorth is you purchase a subscription for someone you love, and each week they'll send them an email with questions about their life. It's, it's simple. You basically reply to the email. You can record it over the phone by calling the StoryWorth number. All the stories are private and only shared with the family that you choose. And after a year, those stories will be bound into a beautiful keepsake book. And so it's cool. Every year you can just kind of have a new book about the past stories of the year, right? And so it's like you can look back in 10, 20 years when you have a family and when you have these family reunions, whether it's Thanksgiving, whether it's Christmas, whatever it is, you can look back and look, oh, in 2018, Ross, remember when you slapped that bear on the butt in Yellowstone? And he'll be like, yeah. I mean, I don't know how long I would be sounding like in 20 years from now, but that's what's so cool about it. So if you go to storyworth.com slash help, our listeners will get $20 off their subscription. And that's great because these memories are yours and your family members, your friends, and they will last forever. Thanks to Storyworth. Even if you like have the foresight to write down all these great stories, mm. and I know you have an insane amount, uh, like it's so much cooler to be able to hand someone like a real, like a book that you can hold in your hand that like tactile energy, as opposed to like emailing someone a word document or something yeah. like that's what I really like about this is like, if I have some crazy story that I am prompted to write, but from, from story worth, like, for example, they send out these questions like, um, uh, what are your favorite movies? Uh, what do people get wrong about you? Uh, what's your secret? <laughs> that's, that's a that's a story in itself um then i can just hand someone a book and be like hey check this out you'll learn everything about me what's great about it too is i don't know if, I'm, I'm sure you have a direct experience with this as as most people do is as stories get told throughout the years every time that story gets told like a minor detail changes yeah <laughs> and then after the 20 20th time that story's changed it goes from a family of two small black bears to a pack of stumbling grizzly bears <laughs> yeah. that were floaming at the mouth, like that kind of thing. And so what's great about StoryWorth is it kind of maintains accuracy of yeah, the story. It keeps you honest. It keeps you honest. And I'm guilty of that. I tend to embellish stories for the sake of dr dramatics, etc. I have friends who are even worse at it than I am. And so what's great with StoryWorth is, is like I said, it's all written down. You can hand them the book. You can you can keep those books on the shelf. Um, keep, obviously, the, the online URL as well. So... Basically, you'll have access to these stories at any time, and it's just a beautiful thing because it's like obviously we all get this sentimental feeling whenever we share the stories that we share sitting around a campfire or, or just around a dinner table, whatever it is, and this is a great way to kind of keep them around forever and ever. So again, go to storyworth.com help, and you'll get $20 off when you subscribe, and like I said, they're going to email you guys weekly. You can obviously like assign who you want to get emails, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's just a great way to keep in touch. It's a great way to like open different avenues of conversations that you never really would have before with siblings, with family members, whoever it is. Um, so check it out. I'll give you the, the, the URL one more time. It's storyworth.com slash help. That's H E L P for $20 off your subscription. Check it out. And like I said, I wanted to talk about two things while I'm just rambling on over here. Sometimes I get sick of just hearing myself talk. 
You have a lovely voice, though. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm a little congested today. Yeah, that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Something that I think that Ashley Iconetti would maybe be better at discussing is this. Is hers. Have you heard of hers? So hers is a woman's wellness brand delivering prescriptions straight to your door. And what's great about that is, like, look, obviously it's a woman's prescription or it's a woman's wellness brand. So I'm not going to be using it directly. But what I love about it is, is obviously we're living in a, in a day and age of basically having things on demand delivered straight to our door. But one of those things that's hard to get delivered to your door is prescription medication. And one thing that's so important about skincare, especially, is that prescription medic prescription skincare is so much better than marketing or just like off the shelf skincare. Otherwise, you're just paying for the people that spend the most money on marketing versus paying for the thing that your skin actually needs. And so, what's great about hers, and what I what I love about hers, even though again, I'm not a, I, I'm not using it because it's a woman's wellness brand. What's great about it is they are a prescription skincare brand that, that delivers straight to your door. So it's not about you needing to change something about your face. It's about finally receiving products that address your needs like acne, sunspots, uneven skin texture, enlarged pores, scars. These are all concerns that can be addressed with science and hers addresses that science. Products with active ingredients found at a dermatologist's office. My wife is super into skincare. Um, it's, it's one of her great passions and uh, I know nothing about it. Um, and uh, she always says, like, if you're if you're not using like science based prescription skincare products and like it's it's almost like not worth doing. Right. Uh, she taught me the difference between chemical and physical sunscreen. That's a very important, uh, important thing to worry about, especially here in Southern California, where we have no ozone layer and uh, skin cancer is rampant. Yeah. Uh, so the thing I like about hers is it takes all the guesswork out of it. It really helps you. Um, it, first of all, it comes right to your door, like you said which is super convenient, uh, but it also helps you uh, pick out what's right for you. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Helping people all around the world. And so right now, our listeners, Easton and Vanessa, can get a trial month of the customized acne kit from hers for 20% off right now while supplies last. See the website for full details, but this would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor's office or a pharmacy. And obviously, it's, it's, it's a day and age where convenience and price are very important to people, and hers has kind of tackled both of those issues. Forhers.com slash Dean20, and you'll get 20% off your very first customized acne kit from hers. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Again, prescription-based skincare products, significantly better than off the shelf. If you're, if you're struggling with acne, anything like that. I wish hers was around when I was 16. I know, right? Because I, as most teenagers do, struggle with acne so bad. Um, that's part of why I just like have kind of adopted a whole a holistic approach, but... Hers has been proven to work. I know Ashley loves hers. She talks about it all the time. Even like Jared will come in and talk about Ashley using her hers and how she's got her hers prescription delivered to the house and all that kind of stuff. And I know Ashley struggles even to this day with with her uh, acne and stuff. And so when she has a breakout, it's nice for her to be able to um, have the hers prescription delivered straight to the house. So check it out. Forhers.com slash Dean20. 20% off your very first subscription. And have clean skin for the holidays. I feel like there, it's a pretty strong statement to be the person we'd leave each other for. Mm-hmm. Doesn't I, that just row you up? Yeah. But, but that, that means you would be your best self all the time. You wouldn't take them for granted. You wouldn't um, rest on your laurels. You would be your most authentic self. And thus the other person is so inspired by you being your most authentic self. And if your most authentic self is not a match, then mm -hmm. bless them, release them. Mm -hmm. Let them go be with their most ideal match. You, your, your worth, your safety, your security, your approval is not based on their, on them. That's unhealthy. 
it needs to be based on the inside. Right. That's well, when you're centered. And we've yeah. discussed that quite a bit in the past because we'll have like listeners email in and have questions about their relationship, and and quite often we'll see this codependence that is like very unhealthy. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're anti. You know, you don't want to have you want to maybe to a certain degree you want to have the codependence, but you want to be able to exist outside of that partner of yours. Yeah, you want to be healthy in all eight areas of your life. And you know what I just realized? It's 11.51, and I have my client from the Netherlands, like, right now um, at 11.50. So I need to go. Alana, well, thank you for calling, and we appreciate uh, all of the words of wisdom that you had to impart on us. Thank you, Dean. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you so much. And I'd like to hear how your challenges go. Oh, Um, we'll circle back with you later on. All right. Much love to you both. Thank you. Bye-bye. She didn't really have much to say in, in the terms of sex, which yeah. I was expecting. Because well, an intimacy expert, you think, yes. could be more sexy. Right, exactly. Intimacy, she uh, she meant more like connecting and being vulnerable. And 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 I'll, I thought it was going to be more sexy Still times. great. Still wise. I feel like she's like on a path to enlightenment almost. You see things like uh, release attachment, intimacy with self, tell the truth. I feel like those are all necessary steps like on your path to enlightenment in my eyes. <laughs> So, Dean, we keep talking about, like, people I'm dating and the people that I'm not dating and the people that screw me over and all that. What's going on in your love life? Oh, you're going to turn around and put it on me. Yeah, I have no idea. I kind of like dating? that you don't have an idea. But this is a podcast on relationships. Yes, I think it's it's been known that I'm dating. I'm going on dates with people. Okay. It's going okay. <laughs> so, are you going on dates with people Um because you're you want to be in a relationship or are you going on dates with people because you're like i want to flirt and i want to be intimate not intimate in terms of sexy times like intimate in terms of connecting with someone um i think that you can achieve a level of closeness with someone only by going on dates with them like you can't achieve a certain level of closeness with like close guy friends you know mm-hmm. because like there's just like certain limits and barriers to, to to places you can get with them i guess so um yeah i've been going on dates i October is always a tough month for me. It's funny. This is something that I experienced last oh. weekend. Um, so October 24th is the anniversary of my mother passing. Oh. And I always get like closed off and emotional mm-hmm. and like dismissive of well, people. It's good that you're aware of it. Yeah. And, and so like this year I've like I've been going on a few dates with this one girl consistently like once a week or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made her very aware of this. I'm like, look, like this is a tough time for me. Um, just so you know, like I'm going to be closed off. I'm going to be like probably hard to talk to blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And she's been like super supportive. Like, even, like, surprised me with, like, a few gifts that would, like, remind me of my mother and, like, all that kind of stuff. Oh, um, very sweet. thoughtful, very kind yeah. of her. And then, like, the other, like a, like, a couple days ago, I was, like, being short and, like, hard to talk to. And then she got, like, really upset with me because of that. And I was, like, well, you can't get upset with me because, like, I told you, like, this is something that you should be expecting. Like, this is a difficult time for me. I'm being, like, who I am every, like, the truest, my, truest self that I can be. And, like, I'm sorry if you don't like it. If you don't like it, like, you can leave. I don't want you to leave. But, like, I also don't feel like you should be attacking me. because Not attacking me, but, like, getting upset with me because right. of this. But I also feel like women are extremely patient to begin with. And then we're nurturing beings. And we want to be there for the people that we love and that we care for. Um, do you think maybe, like, I dated someone who um, did absolutely nothing for my birthday and sent me, like, the most generic text message. And... Mm. Other exes of mine were like sending me flowers and saying, "Hey, let's grab dinner." Like you're never in town. I want to see you. And and so I told this person, "I feel like you're romantically lazy. 
Hmm. And you're using, and he's like, well, I'm just not good at this stuff. And I'm like, but you're using that as an excuse. Mm -hmm. You're saying I'm not good at that. But instead of saying, instead of acknowledging that you're not great at it and that you want to be better at it, I don't want to have to deal with like, oh, well, you know what? I'm not going to expect anything or I'm right. It's he's setting the bar low, like Dean right. was talking about earlier. Right. Well, and what I was going to interrupt uh, Alana when she was talking too, but I decided not to. Is one of the best things about not dating anyone is the fact that you're never going to dis- disappoint anyone. And I feel like that's one of the things that I'm dealing with is like if I'm not dating anyone, then I'm not going to. No one's going to be disappointed in me because mm. I typically tend to disappoint people that I start dating at some point to some degree, you know. And if I don't have a significant other, do you think it's because? Um were you always as open in communicating your... Oh, no, I'm getting better at it, right, for sure. Right, right. So maybe that's why the disappointment was there, because you weren't aware of how you were feeling and then not being able to communicate. Because girls, like, I romanticize relationships, and, you know, if you're giving me the signs that are like, oh, I really like her, and then you do something that proves to me that you don't like me, it, sets, it gets me so confused. So... Does that make sense? Yeah, it kind of does. I'll, I mean, I guess I'll let you. I'll give you guys some more insight into this uh, dating relationship that I've been in for the past couple weeks or so, months, whatever it is. Uh, again, very casual dating, but we've assigned a word, a safe word of sorts, where I am a person that very much depends on my alone time. Like I like to mm-hmm. be alone, as, not as often as I can be, but I have a very limited amount of social energy. And we assigned this word. It's, uh, the word is spatula. And if something comes up and she's like, hey, like, I want to <laughs> hang out with you, and I'll like, say spatula. And, she'll, and that's the word saying, like, it's not that I don't want to hang out with you. It's just I need to be by myself and be alone right now. And that's something that I never would have communicated before. Mm-hmm. B- before I'd be like, yeah, like, let's hang out. And then I would be, like, absent from the, the, the conversation or absent from hanging out. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's, like that. that's something that I've been working on as well. But then that, like, leads to, again, more disappointment where it's like, hey, like, let's hang out. And I think. Like I don't really feel like hanging out right now. Is there now. a quota where you can say spatula like maybe <laughs> five times in the Certain week? Certain number of spatulas in the drawer. Yeah. Well, initially we set limitations like, okay, we'll only see each other once a week to maximum. Like we won't see each other more than once a week. And now it's like we'll see each other twice a week every once in a while. And it's like obviously like expectations begin to mm-hmm. grow and the higher the expectations get, the more there is room for like being let right. down. A lot of patience right. required. Dating a Dean Ungler. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't even imagine. If I had a well, daughter, I would tell her to stay. But I appreciate that you're honest about that. I appreciate that you're aware of it. Right, but honesty can only get you so far to the point where you're I'm still going to disappoint someone at some point. <laughs> I always say this, be careful who you hang out with cuz you might just end up with them. So, you might just casually be hanging out like I, I was casually hanging out with someone and then obviously I started growing feelings for the mm-hmm. person cuz you start being more intimate and um, you start opening up and you start connecting on different levels. But deep down, I'm like, no, this is I know this is not my person. And then you start developing these ideas of the future and all that. So I always say I be open to dating, but also be careful with the people that you let in. Because you might just end up with them. Back to the guy you were dating uh, who did the bad birthday message. Right. Did he at least make the balloons show up? When he Nothing. You? Nothing? Come on. That's so Nothing. easy. Just sl- right? I'm like, Here's- just send me a lollipop that says, hey, suck on this. Like, something. But that's the thing. And him saying, I'm not good at that stuff, mm-hmm. it's all about effort. Right. Like, if he had done something and you hated it, mm-hmm. that's when you can say, well, I'm not good about that. But you would have appreciated it because it put some effort it. into it. What right. he was saying is, I don't want to do that stuff for you. Here's right. a challenging thing from his perspective, though. Say he does go out of his way to do something Then I'm going to start you. thinking, oh, there's something more? Exactly. Right. I, I thought about that, too. I'm like, all right, cool. But then, like, kept calling me all day, and I was with my, like, it 
Oh, he, he was, was calling you all day? Calling me and FaceTiming and calling and FaceTiming. I'm like, hey, I'm with my family right now. We're, my sister and my brother all born in September, so we're all celebrating together. And then I get home. All right, I get home, and there's a package waiting for me in front of oh. my door. And I'm like, <gasps> yay! And it's my best friend that sent me um, oh. that sent me fruits. So he was trying to FaceTime you. He was FaceTiming that, me. And that was his big birthday. Right, right. Maybe he had a surprise waiting for you on his end of the nope. FaceTime. Nope. I answered FaceTime, and I was okay. like, nope, nothing there. And Dean, I worry that this is all a self-fulfilling prophecy for you. Like, I feel like if you went into a relationship without that in your head, that I'm going to disappoint this person, mm-hmm. and I know that's easier said than done, then you wouldn't disappoint this person. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you're disappointing them because you tell yourself you're going to. But it's also, you might just be dating the wrong people. But also, let's think about it this way, guys. <laughs> let's say I go into a prospective relationship all odds against it, right? Mm-hmm. And somehow it still manages to break through all these filters and turns out to be something, then I can say against all odds this relationship worked out, which means it must be something that's good. You know? Against all these negatives, against no matter how low I set the bar, no matter how honest I am about mm-hmm. all of my shortcomings, whatever it is, mm-hmm. here we are, we're still in a, we're in a relationship, and because of all of the, like you've seen me at my worst, and so now we get to grow together. I get that. I don't know. I'm not saying it's right. But I, or smart. I, I just want to say I'm so proud of you for being self-aware and being open about, you know, doing therapy and being open about the, per- being open about how you feel and and all those things with the person that you're dating. Like, every girl wants that. It's very refreshing, and it's kind of weird too because uh, it's only happened maybe recently over the past like, what, how long have I been single for? Six months, where I'm like, look, this is who I am. I don't necessarily care if you want to keep dating me or not. This is just like who I am and. This mm-hmm. is what you would be dealing with on a regular basis, like if we were to continue hanging out. When before, like three or four years ago, I would, like like you said, it's like an audition process. Where mm-hmm. You're like, oh, here I am. I am this person, and right. I drive this car, and I make this much money. And I'm like, no, I'm unemployed. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Like, this is me. Just, uh, just you know, take me or leave me kind of thing. And more often than not, as I've experienced, it's been like, it okay. It works out like, better. Yeah, it's like welcome, welcomed with open arms. It's like, well, that's oh. like, yeah. Is, is part of it that you've – are you a guy that's – you strike me as a guy – who has not had trouble finding women who want to date him. Is that accurate? Come on, Dean. We uh, all want to date you. I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. No, he's being humble. Yes. <laughs> women flock to him. That's what I'm saying, that. and I'm wondering if part of it is that. Like, I wonder if you would be more... Um, less, attra- less attractive? No, no. I wonder that if, if in a relationship you would be more all in... Mm. If it was less of a commodity, if it was less, if it was less, if it was a less common situation, I'm, I'm putting oh, this. Oh, I'm I trying understand. To, like, oh, because uh, he knows there's other options. Yes, right. there's always going to be other options. Right. Where a guy like me, and I'm going to include Ethan in this as well. When we back when we were single, and a woman was interested in spending time with us, like, ah. holy, that's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I'm going to move heaven and earth to make sure she's always happy and never wants to go anywhere else. There's, oh. there's something to be said about. Uh, I'm not going to say you guys are obviously hmm. 50 or 100 years old, but before... <laughs> right, it's when, very different. Dating has changed in the last were, even five that's years. That's true. That's very true. less connected, right? right. So yes. the only people you really knew was like the small area that you were growing up in, the 80 people that were close within your proximity, but now it's like you're connected to everyone in the world. You're right, that's true. I'm not going to say that's the reason behind anything. I'm just saying there is also, it's like a paradox in a sense. It's like the more people you know, the more challenging those things become. I don't think that's necessarily what afflicts me. It might to a degree that I don't necessarily understand. But, like, I don't know. I ju- I'm just mm. waiting for that relationship to come along where it's mm. like, I don't care about anything else other than mm. that. 
Okay, so now you got me thinking, Mark. I, I should go for a guy. No social media. That basically is like, this is the only girl that ever gave me attention? <laughs> well, he will treat you really well. I'll tell you that. I hey. did that, and I now that woman has to find a judge and an attorney to leave me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, slide into my DMs, guys. What, I, I'm you, open. What's that meme where it's like, uh, the first guy who thought of marriage was a weirdo. He's like, I love you so much, I want to get the government involved. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe not. But that's. It seems to me that there's uh, that Dean is. Look, Dean's a great-looking guy. Hey, I, I don't mind telling you that. And I'm a guy that I miss that a lot of times. Like people will say to me, "That guy's so hot." I'm like, "Really? That guy?" Like, it didn't even occur to me. Uh-huh. Dean, the first time we have, like, Very "Oh, striking. wow, look yeah. at that guy." Yeah. Okay. And I will say, a lot better looking in person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yes. No, you do. You have a presence, and it's like it's striking. All right, fine. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I know how uncomfortable you get when people give you compliments. I just I'm- can't imagine what that's like, and so I wonder if it changes your outlook on the whole world. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, but same the- with beautiful women. Right. Same kind of thing. See, the thing is, do you realize? That you're good, like, do you realize? Because you say, like, oh, I mentioned all my shortcomings and I talk about how I'm this and that. Do you realize all the qualities that you do have and do you own that? Uh, I think those negative qualities are also my positive qualities. You know, it's like when you're in a job interview and they're like, tell me your strengths. You're like, oh, I work too hard. I care too much. <laughs> it's like your shortcomings are also your strengths. Oh, no, okay. Sense. So let's do this. If my willingness and openness to like uh, identify my faults also, I think, is good because without identifying them you're not able to work on them. that's good it's yeah. good to be aware of yeah. those things but also yeah. i don't think you're aware of your positive qualities right. as much as you should right be. i want to talk about two more things before we jump into the the final spot the final segment of the, the this week's episode and thank you so much for, for tuning in and listening up till now we've talked about it before i want to talk about it again 23 and me they're fantastic like like we said before they're a dna kit that gets sent to your house you spit in a tube you send it back and they analyze all types of, of your DNA and basically tell you where you're from, what you might be susceptible to in terms of potential illnesses, things about your, your sleeping patterns, your earlobes, everything you can possibly imagine. 23andMe is able to diag- not diagnose, what's the word I'm looking for, is able to kind of unearth a lot of things about ourselves that we didn't know before. And so I've used 23andMe, I actually used it years and years, well, like two or three years ago, and they delivered the kit. I got like the health kit, so I wanted to know more about my ancestry, like where I, specifically where I was from, but then you can also upgrade and like understand maybe like some health risks that you might have. So I got that one as well. And I remember I, um, I spit into the tube and I just, I didn't read the directions properly. Like I was so excited <laughs> to open my 23andMe kit and, and get it sent back and, and get my results that I didn't read the directions. And I closed the tube and I like peeled the box apart and like totally ripped it in half. And they're like, yeah, reuse this box and send it back to us. And I was like, no crap. Um, but I, I, I messed the tube part up where once you put your saliva in the tube, you have to um, seal it and you can't reopen it. And I contacted them and literally with the very next day, they sent me a whole new box, whole new wow. tube, everything. Yeah, I was devastated. I was like, I don't want to <laughs> wait any longer to get these results. But literally the best customer service, they, they got me a box literally that very next day. Um, like I said, it's easy to do. You, you just spit into the tube that they send you in your 23andMe kit, register your sample to your personal 23andMe account. And then a few weeks, you receive your personalized online reports. I remember I was actually traveling through um somewhere in europe when i got them back and i like just sat down so fun so it was fun because i was like i'm from a lot of european countries and so i was like oh that's i've been there i've been there blah 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 um and it was just fun to like sit in and like kind of deep dive into everything that they're able to tell you about yourself so um yeah i have a friend who is adopted and she i gave her a 23andme kit as a gift because she's like oh i don't know my my background everything 
not only did it tell her what her genetic makeup was, it told her who her birth family is. Not really. Yes. She I, And she was able to get in touch with them. And they met up. And she has this, this loving new part of her family now. That's amazing. These people she's never known, but she's related to. And uh, it was really a, like, huge deal and a huge part of her life to, to do this. Something she really thought was just going to be like, oh, I'm 28% Cherokee and you know, yeah. things like that. Uh, and I thought that was pretty amazing that kind, it can do that. Kind of a humble brag for yourself because that's yeah. uh, you basically granted her that, I, right? I did, I did. She thanks me for uh, changing her entire life amazing. with that gift. And so for the listeners out there, if you want to potentially change one of your friend's life, feel free to jump on 23andMe.com slash Dean and you'll get 30% off of your 23andMe kit. This is through Christmas. So this is a huge uh, holiday gift idea. Fantastic gift idea. Through December 25th, you can get 30% off the 23andMe kit. Imagine someone opening their gift the, the morning of Christmas to a 23andMe kit and their life being changed forever, just like Easton changed his friend's life. Incredible. What an incredible gift. Some traits that they can also identify are like cilantro taste aversion, ability to match musical pitch, misophonia, which is... Oh, the, yeah, that's interesting. It's like what noises people like and what, like, because some people, some people hate the sound of fingernails on a chalkboard, like hate it. I find it quite soothing. <laughs> I, I enjoy that sound. Uh, just like I enjoy cilantro. These are all things that your uh, genetics make up and determine about you. Interesting. One of my friends, I think I talked about this before, he works at a genetics company. He goes, yeah, 23andMe, they're legit. They, they provide a lot of interesting information. It's fu it's like fun stuff, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like maybe even better than the, the, the like super great informational stuff. It's fun to learn about these weird things like your mosquito bite frequency or or, or like Easton was talking about, the misophonia that, that you experience that you're unaware of. Because it's like if you don't go around identifying these things, you're kind of just like, oh, this is how it is. This is what it is. But then if someone's telling you or something's telling you like, no, this is a thing that your genetics make up the way that you feel about this. It's just a really interesting thing. So check it out, 23andMe.com slash Dean, and you'll get 30% off of your kit, your kit order for the holidays. They also have a great podcast on iHeartRadio. It's called Spit. They talk to uh, a lot of great people. They, they kind of like deep dive into a lot of um, very historic figures and, and kind of their genetic history and all that kind of stuff. So check out Spit as well on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay. So one thing that I want to talk about before we, we we jump into our final segment as well is something that's near and dear to my heart, and that's Third Love. And they're near and dear to my heart, not just because they're helping sponsor this podcast, which without them, obviously, it's, it, we can't have the podcast, but because they're helping women everywhere. Did you know that over 10 million women have taken this uh, quiz to date, Easton? I did not know that. And what quiz would that be, Dean? Did you know that 50% of women fall in between standard cup sizes, Easton? Oh, I did not know that. It's actually fun to take this test, too. So what you do is you can jump online. You can answer just a few simple questions to find your perfect fit. They have everything, cups A through H and bands all the way up to 48. So any any size human will be able to fit into these third love bras. And like I said, 50% of all women fall in between standard cup sizes. And so third love decided to invent this half cup sizing. And I think that can make a big difference. Obviously, I'm not going to be wearing them regularly, but I've, I've heard Vanessa rave about it. Um, and Vanessa, please stay quiet while I finish this spot. I know you want to chirp in and, 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 and talk about your third love bra, but I just want to talk about it because, again, I'm feeling passionate about it today. I know you, you've been raving nonstop about this third love bra. You love that there's a 100% fit guarantee. You love that Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated, dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. And if you don't love their product, which you will, Returns and exchanges are free and easy. 
So what you should do as the listener, if you're if you're interested in pursuing uh, and acquiring a bra that's going to be comfortable and fits you properly as it should, go to thirdlove.com slash Vanessa. And Vanessa, please stay quiet. I know you're trying to chirp in, chirp in some more. But thirdlove.com slash Vanessa now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your very first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash V-A-N-E-S-S-A for 15% off. And I'm going to spell third love because it's not 3RD. It's T-H-I-R-D-L-O-V-E dot com slash Vanessa. Third love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering all of you guys 15% off your very first order. And back to before, it's great to get presents for other people for holidays, for Christmas, for, for Thanksgiving. But get something for yourself. Get yourself a properly fitting bra. I mean, I've definitely written some down. Like, oh, like I, I had like three that I wrote down. I was like, oh, I love how open-minded <laughs> I am. I love how accepting I am. Like, that's what would stuff. make you a great partner? And then I'll, I'll do the same. I'll do the that's same. That's a good exercise. Yeah. Good exercise. Yes. What and this is not, you, this do you is want me to nothing start? to do with physical appearance. No, nothing. Do you want me to start? I'm um, sure. Because I'm like, I got a list of things that I know would make me a great partner. Okay. I don't know why I just turned Southern there, but <laughs> okay. I'm extremely loyal. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, extremely, like to the point where if a guy will like talk to me at a bar, and I, I will not even give them the time of day. I'm like, nope, got got a man. Like mm. I'm not even going to give my my energy to another human, another man right now. Mm-hmm. Very loyal. Um, very affectionate. Uh, and that's one of my biggest love languages. Like I love to just like physical touch for me is very big. Um, I'm very thoughtful. If I'm at the grocery store somewhere and I see something like a banana or whatever, you know, if I know my man loves chocolate chip cookies, I'll go to the chocolate chip cookies aisle and I'll buy him a box with like, and I'll leave a little note there. Wow. Um, um, I am, I respect people's space. I'm not like, oh, mm. let's like, hang out 500 hours in a day i like to do my own thing and i like coming together when we both have the time to dedicate to the relationship and actually be present um very encouraging so whatever my significant other is doing in terms of his worker's career i will be there to cheerlead him on support him on if he's like um, you know, an aspiring writer, and right now he doesn't have like his his book is not anything. I will be like, if that's what makes you happy and that's what makes you smile um, in the morning when you wake up, then I will encourage you to do that. Um, I cook, I clean. Wow, I'm great in bed. I mean, wow. the list just keeps going on and on. Let's expand upon the I'm great in bed. <laughs> well, what, that's a good question. What makes I'm, you great in bed? I'm not, I, and I'm really shocked that you said that you're prude in bed. We're going to get back to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not. Okay. And, and the thing is, like, I don't, listen, I don't sleep around. Um, and, and people who could have those casual relationships, that's great if you're able to do that. And like Alana was, Alana was saying, uh, some people are wired to be monogamous. I'm wired to be monogamous, and I will only be intimate with people that I'm in um, a relationship with or that it's leading to mm-hmm. being in a relationship with. So I'm very selective with the people that I get intimate with. So what makes a person great in bed? Yeah. What makes a person, I think- um, Well, first you have to be hot. No, you don't need to be hot. (laughs) I think it's confidence. Confidence in knowing what your body needs as opposed to like, oh, let me try doing this because I think it's going to please that guy. Like everybody's made differently. And I think it comes down to being comfortable with knowing what it is that you want uh, in bed and, you know, 
Um, not self-conscious. I know that's Not self-conscious, yeah. Yeah. Like, of course there's certain things about my body. I'm like, oh, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. Blah, blah, blah. Like, cellulite on my ass. But I'm like, you know what? I got a, a, a bubble butt, and I'm going to have some cellulite on my ass. And that comes with the fucking territory. But that's who you are. And right. if they're there, they're enjoying you for who you are. Right. So you shouldn't be. Uh, there's too much of that. There's too much self-consciousness, in my opinion. We are who we are. But so that's what good. Mean, what means... What makes you a dynamo in the sex? I forget what the word is. The positions. No, I wouldn't even say that. I think it's. <laughs> the, I think it's do you, being. Do you um, allow like? What's that word like? Explorative. Yeah, adventurous. Adventurous. Um, but like I'm, I'm, oh, I forget. There's like a specific word. Like a you're lady like lady in the streets and a freak in the, freak freak in the sheets. sheets. <laughs> yes. But you're also a freak in the streets too. You know that, right? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> So what is it the same list? Because it might be. What makes a guy great in bed? Great question, Mark. Um, well, for me, so it might be different for other women. Um, feeling a form of connection, so not like being robotic, like meh, 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 you know, like now I can please myself better. So uh, what's the connection? Is it eye contact? Not is even it- eye contact. I think it's like for me, it's like physical touch and like. Not going straight from, yes, Dean. Oh, yeah. Dean is now massaging <laughs> Vanessa's left shoulder. Oh, that's actually, there's like a knot there. Um, not going from, like, if if it's go, if it goes from, like, making out to, like, straight, you know. Mm-hmm. To yeah. That's to be a steady that, build. Right. Okay. I mean, okay. okay well, All right. Well, let's let's put the pressure off of me. Okay. So you're, a, you're, a, Dean. you're a fan of foreplay is what you're saying. That's what that's what she's saying in less words. I feel like perhaps. Okay, there you have it. The key to Vanessa's heart. <laughs> no, it's food actually. Some food and foreplay. <laughs> food, yeah, definitely bring me food before. At the same time. Oh God, yes. <laughs> <Okay>. That Seinfeld <laughs> episode where he eats pastrami yeah. and then every time he eats pastrami, he gets all hot and heavy. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Is any of this even gonna get on? Yet? Yes, yeah, yeah, we're fine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Dean. Yes. You say you're a prude when it comes to that stuff. You yeah. said threesome, no way. I mean, don't get me wrong. I went to college. I, okay. <laughs> Wait, so you did have a threesome. I've had one threesome in my life. You lied. How did that go? <laughs> Tanya's in the back <laughs> with the major side eye. <laughs> Bye. It was, I mean, I've, I've only had one, so it didn't go well enough to have a second only one. one. <laughs> Wait, was it with someone that you were dating seriously, or was it two women or men, women? I kind of got pressured into it. It was a situation where they're like, hey, you need to do this. And I was like, all right, well, let's Throw some back and do this, I guess. <laughs> I don't really want to get into the semantics of how it happened, but more of the stories, I've had one and only one. And college college was a thing that and I you're saying you would not do that again. I have not done it. No, that's not the, the question. Past. You're saying you would not do that again. I've been propositioned multiple times. Why? To do See, it this again. is what I'm saying. The life of Dean is so unrelatable to most <laughs> men up. that are, he's turning down threesomes left and right. <laughs> How many like, threesomes I've turned down? It's not like every Friday night I go out and it's like, oh, hey, let's have a threesome. Ah, sorry, not into uh, it. It's just, it's, I can barely, if even, satisfy one person at a time. And so now you throw a second person in there? Come on. Dean, stop. You're... It's the self-deprecating thing. <laughs> yeah. It's not. No. Okay. Well, let's go back to what would make you a great partner? Uh, ooh. Oh, and, yeah. So we got they... a list from Vanessa. We need yeah, Dean's yeah. list. I mean, listen. My list, and I could keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm fun and adventurous. Oh, yeah. Fun was a good one for me, too. No, you're not fun. You can't steal my We're heart. talking to Dean now. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, go. Um, I think I'm open-minded. I think that I... Similar to you, I'm very supportive and encouraging of people's passions and dreams. And I think that uh, I will always lift someone up and always be that. 
person to do that for them. Um, what else? I think that I'm a great cuddler. I think that is so. What are what's your top love language? Well, actually, Tanya, funny enough that she's back there, made it clear to me that I it used to be physical touch, but now I think that it's acts of service. I love it when um like I get my back scratched or my neck scratched or something like that. Well, that's like, I guess a little bit of both. Right, but I always chalked it up as being physical touch. But I think uh, she made it clear that it's it's more of like an act of service right. sort of thing. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm a simple guy, you know. That's all I really need. Some uh, back scratches and some alone time. <laughs> I don't know. Spatula. That's the thing. Like I still obviously am figuring out exactly what makes me a great partner. But I think those qualities, like at least at the forefront, are enticing. Well, I would add to that. I think you're a very kind person. Sure, and mm-hmm. I think Kindness, that's important. I think, I think you're funny. And I think a lot of people put a lot of value in sense of humor. I think you're very mm-hmm. funny. And I think you have a good heart. And that probably goes along with kindness. But just knowing you for an hour a week for a year now, uh, you just seem to me like a person with a good heart. And I think in some ways that's kind of all that matters. Yeah. You know, you just need to be somebody who's got a good heart. Mm-hmm. And then the rest kind of falls into place. I suppose. I guess I could see where you're coming from. I don't know. I remember um, when, before like Leslie and I started being boyfriend, girlfriend, she made a comment that was like, Everyone that I've ever met that has met you like adores you, and like because of that, like I find that so attractive. And so it's like it's the fact that you can have like a maybe like a big circle, and, mm-hmm. and people like enjoy being around you can mm-hmm. be attractive. Yeah, you have great energy. So those are the good reasons. Now let me get into the bad. Reasons. No, we don't want to. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I think those good reasons outweigh the bad reasons. I do, and I know that you think you're a lot, and maybe you're you're very you're very extra, and maybe you are. But I think that all those good reasons cancel out the other reasons. Absolutely. Because I think that's what people are looking for. Fun, mm-hmm. adventures, open-minded, kind. And I think kind. you need to f- focus on the good, the, the, those great qualities because that's what you bring into a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to offset those, I also have a lot of negative Right, qualities. but we all do. I mean, <laughs> trust me. You, did you see how out proud I was of my list of the good things? I got a, like probably two pages of things that like. That's the thing is you I were singing it from the mountaintop. Yeah. Where Dean's like, well, I guess I'm. Yeah, and, and I, I guess know. I'm fun and I guess I'm adventurous. I don't normally compliment myself, so it's a difficult thing for me to do. You know. Yeah. And I like that about me. I like that I'm hard on myself. You know, I think I think it just leads to more growth moving forward but as you said like the self-deprecating stick is kind of getting old i get it i've been living with it for 27 years (laughs) oh yeah i mean i i have some friends that do the same thing as well um but maybe to less avail you know i don't know um how was your sex with nick (laughs) (laughs) let's let's talk about that for a second actually Weren't we talking about this yesterday? We were, but I would love yeah. for you to share with nope. the listeners. Not, about... not sharing, not sharing it. No, I share, I'll share no. for you. Nothing. I would, I would appreciate if he listen. I've heard both I sides. I I've, don't heard, tell. I've heard sex with you guys from both sides. Shut up! Wow, that's yeah, a rare course. experience. Nick's one of my great friends. I we talk about that stuff. And what you did he say? Talk what did he say? No. Oh yeah. What did he say? I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> You're like voices cracking. <laughs> did he have nice did things? Did he have to nice say? things to say about me? Nick, yes, of course. Did he have any complaints? About okay. that, about that specific if element. If he was here, I'd have no issue talking about it. But he, I, <laughs> so he I can't. Speak he had specific. some complaints. It sounds like. No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> I would love for you to share your I'm experience. Not, obviously, I, I know. I would never. I would never kiss and tell. You would never answer the question. No, Do you have any complaints? No, no you're not no. going to answer that. What's your favorite position? Oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. <laughs> I. What are this is favorite? a sex episode, you guys. <laughs> it's We're an supposed intimacy to be episode. It's intimacy, like <laughs> connecting, Dean. Not connecting two private parts together. 
Well, maybe we should make. Is it the shorts? Is it the shorts today? (laughs) Yeah, you're just giving (laughs) off some type of vibe today. (laughs) Vanessa's rocking some three inch uh, um, Betsy. What are they called? Betty. uh, Daisy Duke. Daisy Daisy Duke. Look, I'm trying to hide my butt in the back. Um, I didn't say anything appropriate, have I? This episode. Not Uh, one appropriate thing in the entire (laughs) show. One appropriate thing. Uh, I have an email. Should we get to that? Yes, oh, wait, we I want to ask Tanya. Tanya, what makes a man great in bed? Um, someone that listens. Wow. Straight out of Lacey Green. I feel like she says that a lot, too. It's true, though, because I think everybody has different things that they enjoy. Sure, sure, and sure. when a guy listens, they're going to do that. So I think that's number one. So someone who's that's kind of attentive. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And listen right. not just to your words necessarily, right. but to uh, your reactions. Yeah, got exactly. It. Okay. All right. Thank Is that you. a good answer? That's a very good answer. Very good answer. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, All right. Thanks Here's... for having me on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing with that, too, is I feel like for a girl, a girl can experience so many different kinds of sex, but a guy, not so much. Because penises are vastly different from one to the next. Vaginas are only mildly different from one to the next. Not to... <laughs> only mildly. Well, <laughs> In regard, relative to each other, there's a very broad spectrum of penis shapes, sizes, whatever. Vaginas, more or less. No, I think what it comes down very to similar. women can experience different types of pleasure. Penises. Oh. No, pleasure. Okay. Men, if I correct me if I'm wrong, is it the same feeling every time? That's what I'm saying, more or less, yes, because right. So for women, we can experience it's a it's a variation of like. Ah, well, or, that's true. That's a good. That point. is literally what that's... I exactly what I just. Said. Okay, oh, well, I, I, but I, I didn't get I it when you, you said. I didn't understand what you were saying. No, I didn't you, you were just talking about different sizes of penis. I'm just a man. A, a male's response and equipment. Mm-hmm. Well, his response is always the same, even though his equipment is different. And then a woman's equipment is more so the same, while the response is different. So it's like duality of. Right. The physic right. right. The, right. So the, oh, okay. and therefore there's a different definition of great. Right? Right. A guy's definition of great, because it's gonna feel the same every time. So they have other outside factors mm-hmm. that make it mm-hmm. great in their minds. Mm-hmm. Where with women, mm-hmm. the physical response can be anywhere from a zero to a hundred. Exactly. Right. A guy okay, could, that's a guy interesting. Could, a guy could close his eyes and get the same result every single time. Oh woman, wow, that's so, so sad. That's that's very true. Yeah. That's very oh. true. And I think that's a major reason for some of the gender disconnect. Wow. Yes. 100%. Because it feels very similar every no matter time. every time for the guy. And that's why I think sex gets better for women over time and for men. So do you think that's why improve. men don't feel as guilty when they cheat or if they cheat? Well, here's another difference between the two and when you get to the cheating thing. Mm-hmm. The other difference is and for guys. And I was guys, generalizing that. I don't want understood. anyone to think that. I but think for guys, it also there's also more of I feel like, and I could be wrong. I just know it from the guy's perspective. There's more of a compulsory need for it to happen every so often, right. whether it's with someone or not with someone right. or with someone else, mm-hmm. as far as that goes. So that's probably a big element to it, right. where women aren't as faithful because I feel like they can go a longer time without it. Yeah, and it's like, oh, there's a connection. There's a deeper... Right, and that's the what they're really mm-hmm. looking for, where guys sometimes just need to do it. Yeah. It's messed up. Yeah. Yeah, it's completely we're s- different. We're so different. <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I don't know what else to say. I think it's messed up. It's pretty unfair that we're put here with these different needs <laughs> regularly, and then we're expected to have the same needs together. It's like, I don't know. It's a lot more. It's a lot more challenging than some people make it seem. You two, for instance, 
have been in very healthy monogamous relationships for an extended period of time. 21 years for me. Yeah, you're wow. bragging now, Mark. We know how yeah, I like to brag about that, actually. <laughs> no, I, 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 I would, too, if I were you. Too. I admire that. Yeah, thank you. And yet here you are in studio with two of the most single, uh, disgusting, <laughs> and horrible people you've ever met. And that's fun for me. I really am fascinated by that whole world. Right. And, yeah. and especially, you were talking about earlier, how much has changed over the years. That's all very fascinating to but me. But we don't know. Obviously, like we haven't experienced the change, so like this is all we're... Right. No, right. so for me, so when I when I first started, I, I, somebody, I've been asked before, like, when you first met Amy, did you Google her? And I have to say... It would have been an Alta Vista search right. because right. there was oh no Google goodness, in 1997. Yes. Uh, so no, I did not. But that's how much the world has changed. Right. Just not even the dating apps. Okay, yeah, but as far as the whole research you can do on people now, you can figure everything out about them before you even meet them and therefore write them off for no particular reason. Right. Mm-hmm. When I met Allison, I went through her Twitter account, and there were three tweets to go through. Oh, <laughs> Easy. Lovely. Yeah, it was 2008, baby. Very strong vetting <laughs> process. And that's the thing, too. It's all changed so quickly, and we are just still learning how to adapt and, and process all of it. Well, uh, before we get to the emails, remember last episode, I was like, I want a guy to pursue me. Mm-hmm. And so I had uh, gone out for dinner this week in L.A., and um, someone actually did pursue me, and they messaged me. They got my, you know, they, they got my, my contact info from a friend or whatever. And um, so I'm looking at this person's Instagram account, and I was like, wow, the last time they posted was 2017? That's amazing. Like, it's so <laughs> rare to find that nowadays. And that was refreshing to that you? That was so refreshing. Because for some people, that'd be a red flag. Like, no. Oh, this guy's lame. What's he hiding? No. Yeah, what's he hiding? Oh. <laughs> okay, no, I don't think it's what's he hiding. I think it's just it's not a priority for him, and, and that's I think great. that's positive. But that's it is kind of nice, like, the, the window into someone's life through social media. It's like, okay, I have a good understanding or decent understanding of this person before nah, I get to actually Now, really what do you think? Everything you see it. online is real? They're going to put up the best parts of it. Maybe the best photos of themselves. Right. Or, like, you know, I'm not going to put up the pictures of me crying. <laughs> True. I actually, I would. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. You're right. you're right. Want to hear an email? Yes. Love that. Sophia would like some help. My boyfriend is 27. I'm 23. We started dating in May. We both see a future together as this has been both of our first relationships in years due to bad breakups. However, he's been offered a new job within his company that's 12 hours a day, five days a week, no weekends off, no holidays off. It's also more dangerous than what he currently does, and he wouldn't even get a raise. The motive to take it is because it's an accomplishment. Mm. I'm really struggling knowing I'm continuing my future with someone who won't physically be around. I come from a household with an absentee parent, and I raised my youngest siblings because I'm eight years older than they are. I would never want that for my kids, and I don't want a partner that is never around. I'm not sure if this is a red flag or if it's just life. Should I stay in this relationship? Is it wrong for me to vocalize how upset I am to him? Is this foreshadowing he would choose his job over his family? This is Sophia. That's tough. So from experience, I was in a relationship back in Colorado where I left for work every morning at 6.30 a.m., got home at 5 p.m., Monday through Friday. Uh, My girlfriend worked from like 10 a.m. until 9 p.m. and it was like mm. thursday through tuesday oh wow and so it was a very similar thing where we never spent time to with each other and we were we were together before we both got those jobs and so we were like used to like seeing each other often no need for spatulas in that situation <laughs> right and so like the only time like i would we would stay at each other's houses like four or five nights a week but at that time like you get home at 9 p.m. you're basically mm-hmm. going straight to bed mm-hmm. um and I think that was ultimately what led to the downfall of that relationship. So I can definitely empathize with her. And I mean, I don't know, like if he's taking the job just for an achievement's sake, I don't really know what that means. I think he's probably climbing some sort of a ladder within his organization. So it's good for him within the company right. to be in that spot. I guess. So my my only bit of information or advice that I have is that I've experienced it. It did not go well. 
I would say try to avoid it if you. Are you thinking red flag, Vanessa? I wouldn't say it's a red flag. Um, I don't think he's doing anything wrong. I think he's 27 years old. Mm-hmm. He he wants to build a career. He's hustling. That's something admirable. I think there's someone for everyone, and I think every person that's put into our life makes us realize the things that we do want and the things that we don't want. And maybe she's starting to realize that she needs a guy who does have a nine to five and does come home after work and where they can spend quality time together. Um, I wouldn't say it's uh, oh, he's not going to make time for his family. He's young. He's 27 years mm-hmm, old. Mm-hmm. He's probably not even thinking of how is he going to split time between family right now? Maybe that's not, a, not even on his mind. Um, so yeah, I would, I would encourage him to do, what is best for him because you don't want to be the person that's like well uh, i'm gonna encourage him to not take the job and then we're you're gonna end up together and then if ever you guys do break up and he never ended up with that position that he wanted you don't want any form of resentment Mm -hmm. i did that i was in a relationship where my ex at the time was like i don't want you taking on i was teaching so much i was really trying to get um higher on the position on uh, the seniority list and i was teaching during the day then i was teaching at night and he's like, I don't want you teaching at night anymore because I want to spend time with you. Mm. And I and I did that. I listened to him. And after we broke up, I was like, why? Why? Why did I sacrifice all, you know, the years of, uh, of going to university? And I loved my job so much. And at that point, in that stage, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to focus on my career. And so if that's what he needs to do, then you need to allow him and let him be him. I think that's actually really good advice, but I, I think that one of the keys here is my boyfriend and I started dating in May. Yes, five months. Oh. You're five, six months into this thing. Next. <laughs> like, like, I think of what I was doing when I was five months into my current relationship and I was working, I was on the radio doing seven to midnight, which is not a very conducive shift. And if someone's right. like, oh, I can't date a guy who works seven to midnight. 7 a.m.? No, 7 p.m. Oh, okay. It was just a short hour shift, but it's in a prime time for socializing and that sort yeah. of thing. So if someone wrote me off because of that, meanwhile... I haven't done that shift in 20-something years. Right. You know, like, your life now is not going to be your life five years from now. So you're saying pay your dues now. now. He's yeah. got to pay his dues. That's yeah. what he's got to do. And by the way, she did say 12 hours a day, five days a week. That's 60 hours. That's a lot. Yeah. But there are two days off in there. So I think you can figure out time to spend together. Mm-hmm. I think you can make this work. It's not, it, I don't even think it's about making it work. It's just, like, try it out. And you, like you said, you've been in a relationship for yes. five months. It's it, not If it's hell... Then it's hell. It's not like you're married. You it's not like you have on. kids yeah. together. Yeah. You give yeah. this a shot and see how it goes. But at 23, I wanted to spend a lot of time with my boyfriend. Now that I'm 31, I'm like, oh, okay, do let me thing. do your thing. I'll see you when we both have time to see each other. Right. So it's different. It so is. I get it. It's, you grow. It's different. Mm-hmm. And, you'll, and hopefully, Sophia, you'll grow together. And this will end up being a great thing. Now, you're getting some cold feet kind of early on. Mm-hmm. You're looking for excuses. That could be a bad sign there. But I think the job is okay. And let's see how it goes. Agreed. So that'll do it for this week's episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. As always, thank you, the listeners, so much for tuning in. But I want to give one more second to to thank our sponsors of the podcast. So big, big thank you to StoryWorth. Be sure to go to storyworth.com slash help to get $20 off when you subscribe. Easton? Oh, go to uh, Amazon.com slash I Suck Podcast to check out Amazon Fire TV. You can get a Fire TV of your very own at Amazon.com slash I suck podcast. Big, big thank you to hers. If you need prescription skincare and you're struggling with acne, you're not going to regret going there. So go to forhers.com slash Dean 20 for 20% off your customized acne kit. 
Uh, big thanks to 23andMe. We love these guys. Uh, 23andMe DNA kit. And now through December 25th, you can get 30% off any 23andMe kit. Just go to 23andMe.com slash Dean. That's 23andMe.com slash Dean. And lastly, I would love to thank Third Love for creating the comfiest half-size bras in the entire world. So again, go to thirdlove.com slash Vanessa for 15% off your entire order. Anyways, that'll do it for this episode of Help I Suck at Dating. There it is. I'm Dean Unglert. It's been so great having Vanessa in studio for these past three episodes. I loved it. And tune in next week as well, because maybe next week we'll suck a little bit less. Follow Help by Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.